0: Today on A Talk With Traders, Dr. Jonathan Katz and I are talking about your motivations and how they drive your trading. Jonathan and I have a great conversation. Welcome to the podcast. So, Dr. Katz, welcome back. Peter, how are you today? My I am great. I am great. That's always good to hear. Yeah. Well, it's good to be able to say it. So yes, <laughs> because the alternative is usually not being
1: good, and I, I don't like that. Yeah. Yes. So. Well, that's true. Well, in this, in this, in these times, it's always good to try to have some sense of optimism, humor, and. Uh, and joyfulness.
0: Well, you know, I, I agree on all of that. And, and it is tough at times because there's a lot of people who are not anywhere near as fortunate as we are in the world. And it's good to keep in mind, keep that in mind. But uh, but it doesn't mean you can't be grateful for what you do have and, and be happy about it. So.
1: I absolutely agree. It's much easier to um, just make adjustments in our lives than for those folks uh, less fortunate who are really trying to survive their lives. So yeah.
0: I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. I saw a stat just a few minutes ago that 40% they estimated of American households that make under $40,000 have lost at least one of their jobs. That, that, mm. that one of the two, you know, or the, the income earners had. So that's significant pressure, especially on those that were struggling anyways. So um, it means in these times, like you said, we, we have to be grateful for what we've got. And and which leads us to why we see a lot more people trading, I think. Quite honestly, people are looking for alternate uh, sources of income. And we've seen a huge influx of people interested in day trading and the markets. And, and that leads us to some of the stuff that you and I have actually been talking about over time about you know, so what's your motivation? Why do you trade in the first place? And it's an interesting question that I thought we could address today about, um, you know, what gets you into trading? Because I think a lot of people have, you know, obviously behind it, we're probably doing it because you wanna make money, right? I mean, that's that's a base motivation.
1: Yeah, but let's, let's maybe start talking about just some general motivational concepts, which I think are useful to talk about. And that yeah. is like, there are two kind of essential forms of motivation. Um, from a psychological perspective, there's extrinsic motivation and there's intrinsic motivation. Um, extrinsic motivation is often the motivation that we have often to kind of achieve or get some kind of external kind of reward or outcome. It could be, you know, wealth or, or power or um, some kind of fame or sometimes to avoid punishment. Somebody says to you, you're in a relationship and one person's a smoker. And somebody says, you know, I'm not going to live with you anymore unless you stop smoking. You know, person stops smoking. It's extrinsically kind of uh, motivated to stop smoking. So then there's more intrinsic motivation, which is really more uh, the things that are more personally rewarding and fulfilling, helping others. Things, it could be even involvement in a sport or studying Mm -hmm. kind of a... A topic that is of interest, but but something that is inspiring and motivating uh, that comes from within a person. Mm. So these are the two general forms, and you know, external motivation is and money being one of them that you said is a big one. Um, but also, we need money to survive. So there could be some intrinsic value, of course, in terms of pursuing something like trading, because it provides us ability to be able to put food on the table and support a family and things like that.
0: Right. But I would, I would also think that there's a, like to what you're saying, that there's a deeper motivation as well. Like trading is not just a means to uh, financial reward, but it could also provide a sense of control in your life, right? This is something that you have the ability to manage. You know, you can't be fired from trading necessarily by your boss. It's something that you get to manage and, and and run on your own. Now, it doesn't make it any easier to do or to accomplish, but, um, you know, we see a lot of people that say, I am trading because I'm trying to achieve a, a particular lifestyle, right? I'm, I'm looking for the ability to, you know, travel more. Well, <laughs> in normal times um, or, right. you know, but but it, it's about actually uh, delivering a better quality of life. So as you say, I mean, how would you categorize that? Cause that's, that's I would think a very reasonable motivation. Now, a better quality of life, often is equated with, um, you know, financial stability or financial freedom. But that's not the only thing that that uh, uh, that defines quality of life, of course, right? There's lots of things that go with
1: it. Yeah, well, I think, you know, this gets into initially the, the motivation about money. And this mm. is where I've often suggested people when they get into trading, uh, especially as a kind of a newer vocation or hobby or interest or pursuit, is to really look inside and kind of try to understand their own Their own history and relationship with money Uh, money is one of those topics that actually even more so than the topic of sex is is difficult for people to talk about and uh and so i think people need to understand their own history uh, of money which often comes from our families how was what we experienced growing up, having money, not having money, how was money discussed or not discussed in our family? Uh, was it a source of secrecy? Was it a source of uh, extremes, of volatility, roller coaster rides? Because we learn the value of money, basically growing up and how we do that. So I think, It's important for us to know how do we feel about money? What does it mean to us? Do we put a high value on material possessions uh, as a show of our success? Uh, Do we want to use money for things that are cultural or, you know, in terms of giving or being philanthropic or like, like you said, traveling or like seeing different parts of the world? So. There's no good and bad on any of this. It's really more just having an understanding of what money means to you in your life. Uh, And then, of course, it's important if you have a family or a partner, uh, that has to be a shared discussion because Mm -hmm. that has implications for your relationship. So the relationship to money is an important one as you embark on any career and especially one trading, which is how you measure success. Failure often is
0: dollars and cents. Right. So, would you say that um, when it when it comes to somebody who's looking at their trading career and how to manage that, you know, d- does it matter if they are um, overtly focused on the money compared to um, you know other aspects, or does it really matter on how they how they manage that? Well
1: both because okay so right trading is an outcome oriented endeavor kind of uh, and so it's judged by that outcome except that it's a process based uh, kind of job and and endeavor meaning that if the focus is too much on the outcome like I want to be in trading so I can make money and your focus is always on making money as opposed to what it takes uh, from a day-to-day strategy, process-oriented aspect to be a successful trader, then that's problematic. Right. Uh, both things can exist, um, but the way one becomes a good trader is really focusing on the the learning, the research, the journaling, the, the process of that goes into being a trader. Right. Uh, the outcome will take care of itself, and often good process doesn't always lead to the outcome we want, but a, an overemphasis on the outcome clearly is not the pathway to long-term consistent success in trading
0: right and that's easier said than done right I mean we talk about this all the time that um, you know it's um if you focus on the outcomes, you know, so we know that you want money at the end of the day, but that's not what you should be focusing on when you're taking a trade or when you're executing your trading strategy. You should be focused on, like you said, the process that you're engaging, the strategies you're trying to use. And I said that, you know, it's sort of easy to say it's sometimes harder to do when you implement it. I mean, one of the things that we I always recommend people do is, for instance, to help you with that, hide your PL. and l like, don't even look at it. I got to a place where, and it took me a long time in my trading, like almost two years of full-time trading, where I can go an entire day without ever looking at my P&L because I generally now have a feel where I'm at. And I find when I look at it, I start to make bad financial decisions, whether it's I just want another $10 to get to an even number or I just, you know, I want to, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in the red today. And if I do this one big trade, I can get myself back to break even. It doesn't matter the scenario, I find no matter what I do, when I start looking at that PL, I start making poor decisions with respect to the process, as you as you said. So um Yeah, well,
1: because Your ability to do that means because getting back to the extrinsic, intrinsic motivation, you have intrinsic, you are intrinsically motivated as a trader. You are fascinated by the process. You are intrigued about how to get better. You are invested. I don't mean dollar invested, that too, but kind of emotionally invested in learning kind of the intricacies of what goes into trading. You're fascinated by the markets. And so your ability to turn off the the European L is just a kind of a byproduct of that you're immersed in the process hmm. uh, of being a trader, and so the danger sometimes with people who are too extran extrinsically extern- motivated and motivated just by the money is that they're consciously aware of that because they need to find a way about what about trading itself, something integral to trading that draws them to trading. Like what is the number? Is it there? There's many things about trading that draws people to it. But if you're only choosing to do something for the economic gain, it is hard to maintain that. So, for instance, in my example of the you're in a, a couples in a relationship and one's a smoker. and the <laughs> right. and the and the wife says to the husband, "You know, I'm getting a divorce if you don't stop smoking. The husband may stop smoking, but only for a period of time because if unless they become value the importance for their own health and well-being to stop smoking, they will go back to smoking because the only reason that they're doing this is because the extrinsic reward that their wife no longer is complaining. Right. It's the same thing with something like trading is that, and most professions, the things we are best at is if we have value, we have we're motivated internally. There's something that we are connected to on a very personal basis that we find intriguing, interesting. It drives us. Right. So. Um, So I think that that is a key thing for people to to look at for themselves. What is it about trading that I like? I mean, I'm motivated. Yes, it's a good living. Yes, I have control over my lifestyle. Yes, I'm my own boss. These are great things. But what about trading? And there's something there has to be something more than just those kind of more external features to sustain somebody and have somebody really perform at a high level over a long period of time.
0: Hmm. Well, it's interesting. So, and that's a really that's a good point. I guess it raises the question for me then. So, you know, what, what if you're what if you're getting started and you don't have that yet? You know, you haven't found like you, you started it because you said, hey, I think this is interesting, but I also think it's going to give me, again, that lifestyle, the, you know, whatever lifestyle means to you. Right. I can only work three or four hours a day. I, I, I get extra money to go do things that I want to pursue. Um, you know, here's something that I can control and manage, but they may not yet have figured out that uh, um, it may not they may not have found that thing. Right. This intrinsic to trading itself that says I really enjoy doing this.
1: Right. But are they willing to put the time and energy that's there? So if I'm saying like I value getting in shape in the beginning, it's maybe like every time I go to exercise, it's difficult, painful, you know, hard, you know, but am I committed to continuing that process to see if I can gain that? So somebody with trading is like, am I doing the work? Am I just like going on during the open when there's a lot of activity for an hour? And then I'm not doing any other reading or research. I'm not looking at the markets. I'm right. not talking to other people in the in the BBT community. Uh, then it's an indication that there's not really this connection. You're right. not really putting the time and energy to see if you can develop a kind of more of a love or an interest. Uh, sometimes these things don't come naturally. Hmm. It's very hard. Um, but you are in control of the time and energy you put into it to see if you can get to that. Trading is too hard to just kind of do half-ass, so to speak. Yeah. Like it, it's, There are too many people doing it. It, it. It's hard enough for the people who do it full-time, who are clearly very bright and very invested. So to think that you could short, short-come this or short-change this and fast-forward this in a way to become successful with limited time and personal involvement
0: is, is misguided and, and, and not likely to lead to success. Sure. And 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 I think that's an important concept and one I think we should talk about a little bit more. So, because a lot of people look at the outcomes, or it's easy to watch. Um, you know, like uh, so when somebody's successful at something, they always make it look easy, right? And then, right. and we as observers, we tend to see the outcome of their efforts not the effort themselves like if you watch an athlete on the field you watch them play a sport and you say you know what they just played for an hour and they got paid five million dollars my god i want to go do that what you don't realize is the Tens of thousands of hours behind the scene that they had to practice and train and exercise and you know their entire lifestyle you know was sort of geared around achieving that success in the field that looks like a sport that it makes they make it look very easy. I notice in trading, you know, I watch really good traders. You know, Andrew Aziz in a room is a great example where he shows up in the morning, he does his magic, you know, he he makes his money, and he doesn't trade for generally more than an hour in the morning. And you're thinking, Mm -hmm. My God, like it's just I want to do that. I want to do it, you know an hour or less a day and make myself thousands of dollars a day and i and, and life will be great but there's there's a lot of work that goes in behind that that we often don't see and uh and i find that's that's often tough for people to process especially when they're getting into it because you say oh well i want to get to that end state without realizing the amount of you know that there's a significant amount of effort to get to that point uh
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think with athletes, and as you know, I work a lot with amateur collegiate and professional athletes. And one of the things uh, that I can't uh, overemphasize enough is just that. Having watched high-level tennis players practice (laughs) and seeing them warm up by hitting 100 balls over the net right at the start of practice, you know, at a pace that's incredibly fast, uh, clearing the net by a quarter of an inch, uh, just It's magic, it's just unbelievable. Now you then see them miss a shot, an easy shot when you're watching on TV and go, I could do that. But the the amount of the time and energy and practice and skill level. And so when you say that about Andrew, Right. It's hard to see inside him the skill and the hours that he's put in that allows him to identify those trades and get in at the right time and size up properly to kind of make the money he does in what looks like a relatively short period of time. Right. Uh, it seems easy. And I think anybody who does things very well, right, it does bring from the external advert observer kind of an ease that sometimes is is daunting, but also sometimes, again, makes people think that to get from zero to 60 is
0: going to be much easier and a much shorter time frame. Yeah. yeah. You make me think, we we recently did a couple of surveys amongst our membership of all the BBT members. And what was interesting to me was that, um, and and I've got some of the numbers here, but uh, when I looked at it, uh, we asked them who was a full-time versus a part-time trader, because some people are looking to do this as a full-time uh, career meaning that you don't have another job or other commitments, and other people are only doing it uh, part time. About um, uh, s- about sixty four percent of the respondents said that they were doing this part time. So you know, let, let's call it two thirds to to round up right. slightly. But when when I asked a slightly different question of our membership and said, "But how many hours do you spend working at your trading on a weekly basis?" Seventy two percent of them said they spend more than twenty hours with. Um, with uh, 35% saying they spent more than 30 to 35 hours at it. So to me, it shows, you know, there, there, there's a lot of people, you will consider yourself part-time, maybe because you have a full-time job or you're doing other things, but, you know, th- there, there's a lot of hours that still go into it. So yeah. you may only trade an hour or two a day, but a lot of these individuals are still spending 20, 30, 40 hours a week working on the trading because they're doing the the, the market prep. You've got to establish your strategies. You've got to get that experience. And, and sometimes that's the more than the full-time job uh, that it takes to get there.
1: Yeah. And what I would say is, especially people who are very committed and putting in a lot of time, especially early on, this is where it's enormously important to consult with fellow traders, with mentors to more senior people. And here's why there's hours put. And often people associate like the kid in college who says, I spent 10 hours on my English paper. I deserve to get an A. Uh, And then and then the buddy says, put in two hours and they get the A. This guy gets a C because the 10 hours doesn't mean that there's quality 10 hours. I always think of the golfer who I know is like goes out once a week to the, the driving range and hits, you know, you know, hits 250 balls and says, I'm really going to make a greater commitment to improving my game this year. I'm going to go out to the range three times a week and hit 750 balls. So it's well intended. He's putting uh, more time and energy into his golf game, except when you have a pro who looks at his swing and says, listen, I hate to tell you, I appreciate your effort, but what you really need to do is change your swing. Right. Like it's not the time and energy you're putting in. It's mis it's misplaced. It's misguided through no intention of your own. So sometimes my concern early on when people put a lot of time and energy in, I want them to be able to put that in in ways that are going to be productive and useful. And this is where the communication with other people and other traders, Hmm. they could do it so that they're they're not feeling they're putting all this time in and getting less back. There's ways to more usefully. Uh, apply your time and energy. And sure. that to me is
0: equally important as the number of hours. That's a, yeah, to use your your analogy, you're right. Because if he goes out and hits uh, 750 balls, but with a bad form, you're actually reinforcing a bad that's habit. That's exactly
1: right. It's right? actually- It's counterproductive. It,
0: it's, that's counterproductive. Even
1: though he's well-intentioned. Right. It's act- so this is the same thing if you're reading things or putting work in the trading world in areas that are actually hmm. going to give you limited kind of uh, feedback or skill level to improve, it's the law of diminishing returns. You know, uh, this is always why, you know, sometimes people like kids who are like, um, you know, cramming for a test and they just said, oh, I got to stay up from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. before my test. Well, if you're exhausted, Like the law of diminishing returns on those three hours of studying, it's probably better to get three hours of sleep and then be more fresh for the exam where you can kind of bring up to the surface the material you already do know. So this is a side benefit. Hours don't always tell the story. It's how you are those constructive,
0: productive hours. So. And you're making me think as we tie this back together that, you know, as a trader, I I like this concept because, Jonathan, it's one of the things that we try and reinforce with our community, that it isn't just about the hours you put in. The hours are necessary, but you're right. They've got to be productive hours. But you've got to think about your trading as a whole and as as a whole within the concept of your life. If you're working a full-time job and you're trying to study trading at night, but you're making yourself exhausted, you're probably performing poorly at that job that you need to maintain. maintain to keep the pressure off your trading. And you're probably not able to fully focus on the trading or do it properly because you're exhausted again. So, you know, think about your life in balance because, um, you know, to your point, I I love the the example of, you know, cramming all night for an exam is not necessarily the way to be successful in the exam because you're right, you're going to forget half of it because you're so tired and not paying attention to the questions that you're reading anyways. I think the same thing applies to trading. You're better off to spend your time getting a good night's sleep.
1: Yeah. And the balance is important because you may have other like if you're trading part time, you may have another job that you have to devote time and energy to. You might have a family. You might have kids in this situation. The tendency for people is to think what they're not able to do. Oh, Mm -hmm. I wish I could spend more time with my kids or I wish I could spend more time on my trading. And, and the problem with that is that it makes us feel worse about what we do. It's kind of not a productive, constructive use of our time and energy. And I think the key thing uh, in situations like this, when you talk about maintaining balance in your life is Hmm. thinking about the best way to use your time. Hmm. There's always more optimal. It's like, to me, it's like, it's just how do I make the best use of the time I have, knowing right. that I have to devote some of my time to my day job, some of my time to my trading job, some of the time to my my spouse and significant other, sometimes to my kids. So don't make it what you're not able to do, just try to manage it as most effectively, because that is gonna be the most helpful kind of in a positive, constructive way to, to kind of move forward.
0: Um, yeah, that's, that's a great way to frame it, because you're right, I mean, it's, um, Uh, It's important that, and I'll, I'll use a quote of Andrews, you've got to fit trading into your life. <laughs> um, and and don't try to put fit your life around trading because um, you know trading is is it, it can provide many benefits to you not only just the the reward of the success of being able to have done this thing properly but obviously the financial rewards and potentially the lifestyle but you you've got to approach it with a way that's going to keep you healthy both mentally and I guess if, from an overall lifestyle perspective such that you can achieve those benefits and and I appreciate what you're saying because I think that. You know, that's a good thing to remind us as we, you know, because there, there's we are bombarded with things all the time about do this one simple trick and you'll be successful. Um, you know, do this or that. Like you said, there, there's so many unproductive ways you could spend your time out there. One of the most important decisions I think that you can make as a trader is figuring out how you're going to manage your trading investment in time. Um, such that you're going to get the maximum out of it. So, you know, whether that's I'm defining a specific strategy or set of strategies that I'm going to apply, here's how, and, and I know how I'm going to apply them and how many hours I think it's going to take, like like set out a plan. And, and one of the things that we did recently was a podcast um, for our members about, Trade, uh, creating a, a business plan for trading, like you would for a business, and a business plan implies you don't only know know the financial outcome, but you understand the strategy by which you're going to go about achieving that business. How am I going to build it? How long is it going to take? What are the resources I require? Technical, uh, you know, time wise, physical, whatever those resources are that you need, financial of course as well. But put that together so you've got an overall plan. Uh, By which you can manage your trading. And that I think will give you better success than just, um, you know, just trying to consume everything that you see.
1: Yeah. And I think a key factor underlying that is the importance of knowing that more is not always better. Right. Um. I think back uh, when I started uh, being a long distance runner many, many years ago, um, this was a very American, I know you're a good Canadian, but this was a very American <laughs> style, which is like the more, the bigger, the better. Right. And in those days, when people were starting to train for marathons, it was all about the mileage, build up the mileage, more right. and more mileage, as opposed to the quality of the mileage. So what you started seeing is as long distance runners starting running these enormous mm. amounts of miles, there was getting more, they were getting injured. They were not really working on maybe speed training or hill training or varying, right. the variation of doing that. So I think that it's not just like, oh, I'm spending 10 hours a week on my trading. If I spend 20 hours, I'll be twice as good. It's the quality of how you use it and also the quality of how you use it in the context of the rest of your life. If you're spending time trading and then, oh, I'm no longer exercising in the morning because I'm getting up and spending time on my trading, I would question is that a useful trade off keeping your body and your mind healthy uh, is probably worth more than maybe the two hours that you're doing there. So like you said you want to fit trading into your life and don't get lost in the concept of more is better Um, more. You've got to think of more on a holistic sense, not just in how many hours am I devoting to my trading?
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point. You you make me think of something that uh, I read a while back and I always think about it when, because I like to exercise first thing in the morning. I find it helps clear my mind. It gets me ready for the day. But I was reading a, a report that said, if you have to make a choice, especially if you go to bed late between getting an extra hour's sleep and getting up early to exercise, you're probably better to get the sleep. That's probably going to be better for your health overall than forcing yourself awake, you know, when you're when you're not ready, especially if you've gone to bed late the night before. And I've always thought about that. Like that's not an excuse not to exercise. No, but, but it's but about the follow-up keeping thing things in is, balance.
1: But if if you found somebody who was doing that and then says to themselves multiple days of the week well, I, I I needed to sleep, and I couldn't exercise. Then my initial immediate question to them is, so why aren't you going to bed an hour earlier? Exactly. i I do remember. um there was a period when my kids were young, very busy, psychology practice, uh, morning exerciser, loved watching sports. Mm-hmm. And I made I just made a commitment that, like, man, I'd love to know what's going to happen in the second half of this NBA game or football game. I'm going to bed. Yeah. And that was the trade-off because it was yeah. more important to me. Not only I could always get up to exercise, but I wanted to really be locked in and focused later in the day when I've had a long day so that when a person I was working with stepped into my office like I was on. And so that to me was worthwhile. I gave up that sporting event. Yes, I loved it. But, you know, these are I didn't make it about what I didn't get to do. I wasn't lamenting all the time. Man, I didn't get to watch the end of the game. I was like looking at like I felt really good at 6.30 at night when I had a meet with somebody that I was sharp, like that was very self-reinforcing. Right. So it's what I was gaining from that, not what I was giving up, is I think the mentality that one has to have.
0: I think that's a great mental attitude because you're right, decisions have to be made all the time in life, right? As to what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And you know, if you're trying to incorporate trading into your life, you're st- you suddenly have to make even more decisions because you know, presumably you can't do it all. Mo- most people were probably pretty busy before they decided to take up trading. Then you've got to add that in. And it, like the decision you made about not seeing the game at night so that you know you could exercise in the morning, that that's exactly the type of uh, decision and, and trade-off that you have to
1: yeah, make. Yeah, and let me just say, sometimes it does lead to conflict. I mean, I do remember a funny story many years <laughs> ago where my, my buddy of mine in New York, like, you know, got these like, you know, tickets to see the Knicks play when they were good a hundred years ago. (laughs) Um, And it was like, you know, the, the row behind the visiting team's bench, it was just great seats. And it was a night that I'd said that I was going to come home early and make dinner for my family. And so now I get these tickets. And so I made a, an executive decision, which my wife was not, I mean, you know, she understood, but she was ticked off because like she was looking forward to the break and all that. And I felt like these are extenuating circumstances. It wasn't like I could say to my buddy, Hey, how about the next game on this? This was like a, maybe a once or twice a season deal. So I took the hit and then, you know, I try to do in my own way to kind of reciprocate. She understood she was not happy. I didn't expect her to be happy, but you know, sometimes we have to make tough decisions and it's not, sometimes it entails some level of conflict and, and disagreement, and then that's okay. That's that's what life is about.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know what? And that lesson directly applies to what we're talking about here, because you're right. In, in trading, it's about making those decisions and, and those trade offs. And I like what you were saying about the, uh, you know, not all hours are quality hours. So I'd like, you know, everybody listening to this, if you're looking at trading, to think about that. Right? Well, are you spending quality hours? Invested in your in your trading journey, um, and and make sure that you're focusing on the things that matter most to you and what you're trying to accomplish. You know, I I realize it's funny because in talking with the community, I get the unique opportunity to interact with so many different people. I get to see that people spend their time very differently, right? Some like to do the market analysis in the morning. Some some don't like doing that. They just want to wake up and see what's moving and 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 trade. I don't know that there's, I don't think there's a particularly right answer. What matters is what do you need to establish, um, you know, your your mental state, I guess, so that you're in the right place to trade successfully. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want to try and accomplish. Well, right. It's just like we said about exercise. If, you know, some people are evening exercisers, some
1: people are morning exercisers. To me, it's less about which is better or worse. To me, it's more where are you more likely to follow through on the plan to exercise? Uh, right. So that to me, it's very pragmatic. It's like, if you're telling me that your lifestyle, your schedule, your sleep patterns are better fit to exercise late in the day, go do it. Don't try to force yourself to be somebody who you're not. What I would say is for the person who's early on in their trading career, it's hard to know exactly what I should be looking at or reading. This is where the communication, listening in, in the chat right. room, speaking to other traders, is enormously helpful because just like the golfer that we talked about before, you may be going down path A and somebody said, hey, no, 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 it's probably better to do a little of B and C, this will help you more. And somebody go, oh my God, thank you for guiding me because I was putting so much time in A and I was getting less bang for my buck, so to speak, for the time spent on that. So this is where you can't know what you don't know early on. And this is the advantage of communicating and talking to other people. And again, like you said, my way may be different than your way. Part of what we have to know and traders need to know is how you're wired, what your personality and style is. And you can't trade in a way that's antithetical to your own style and personality. You have to fit your trading into your personality um, because to do it the other way, to force yourself to be somebody other than who you are, which is why trying to copy somebody's trading Is usually kind of just kind of met with
0: disastrous results over time. Right. Well, and maybe that brings us back full circle then, um, where we could say, you know, you've got to sort of manage this in a way that makes sense to you. And if you're looking, you know, for those resources, so where do you find them? Well, one place I can certainly say we we make great effort at Bearable Traders to try and have those available to our community. Uh, the forums where you can ask any question and interact with other members, and you know, you can raise questions and topics and, and get feedback. That's a great place, as well as just daily interaction in the chat room when you're able to be there. We're there throughout trading hours. And, and I find that people ask a ton of questions and, and it always amazes me how many of our members are helpful to each other. And I love that because, you know, it, it is about giving back and it's about helping, as you said, find those answers because it's not the same answer for any two given traders. Uh, yeah. And, and the key thing with motivation is if you're
1: truly motivated, you got to embrace the challenge, the setbacks, the losses as part of the learning process. This is where mm-hmm. the intrinsic motivation is really key. People who are really connected to what they do, when they hit roadblocks, when they meet frustrations, when the goals aren't achieved in the manner and they want, they, they forge ahead because they're they're invested personally in trying to get better. And so that is the big thing about encouragement is that the resilience to not get discouraged in the face of setbacks. And I say this with traders early on because this is a very tough uh, and it's very humbling. People can have a good run and then it's like, man these last three days. Did I forget how to trade? And so, you know, <laughs> I've been and there. People have those. And yeah, I know everybody, you know, people, any in a high performance business has been there when you go through a tough stretch. Man. So I, I think, again, it's it's the mindset of being open to kind of the challenges and overcoming the obstacles and kind of fighting through them and learning from each other and staying, you know, motivated to 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 continue the ascent.
0: Well, that's, that's, Great, uh, great uh, suggestions, I think, uh, great feedback to everybody. So thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us. And, uh, hey, we had a great conversation, so thank you very much. Hopefully, all of our uh, listeners out there get some value out of that. And uh, we invite you to uh, uh, either join us at Bearable Traders or, or just continue uh, you know, with the podcast series. We'll keep providing feedback and information for you on an ongoing basis. So, Dr. Katz, thank you as always. Thank you again, Peter. Good talking with you once again and Mm -hmm. to speak to you in a few